Welcome to another exciting episode of the Humanive Group Podcast. We appreciate you. Um, we are a young podcast just starting out, um, and we're excited to see the engagement we've had. Obviously, PCA was the big launch for us, uh, and we recently kind of finished up our PCA videos, uh, or episodes, I should say. And this is going to be our first really uh, sort of Zoom new post-PCA episode. And I can't think of anyone better to have on the podcast because, A, I met him at PCA, and I'm teasing things a little bit here. Um, and he is like someone that that when we wanted to start this podcast, in all honesty, I looked at what he was doing um, and said, man, let me see what he's doing because I love the format of the show. I love it. Um, so, Antoine, we are so excited to have you here. First off, thank you for taking the time. We have Antoine Reed from D-Cups Live. Antoine, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your podcast, and then we'll dive into the show here. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Um, as you kind of hint it towards, uh, it depends on like where you know me from. So yeah. some people probably know me as a writer. So I've written for some different cigar magazines over the last couple of years. I started out with Cigars and Leisure. Uh, and then I kind of transferred over into tobacco business where I still am. And I do uh, a bulk of the writing for that publication. And then uh, other people may just know me from Instagram as Editor Reed, where I post some cigar stuff, but I also post about, you know, all the money I spend on vinyls and uh, video games. Uh, and then other people may know me from, like you said, Deep Cuts Live, which is a podcast series. Uh, I, I kind of call it a talk show because other people refer to it as a talk show that I kind of started during the pandemic. And then once the pandemic kind of, uh, I won't say it ended, but we kind of got used to it and we adapted. Then it was, I had to adapt the show basically to the post pandemic era. So it's still around just in a different format than what people may have known it for when it was on Instagram live. I love it. Well, you know, and, and I remember um, you kind of telling me the origin story of the show, and you did start it during COVID. And we know cigar is a very social thing, right? Everybody likes to uh, sort of enjoy them together. And then we know when COVID happened, kind of everybody was like kind of on their own. I know my cigar smoking went up <laughs> just because I was kind of at home. Um, but but what made you during COVID say, man, I, I think I need to start this? What was the genesis of the whole, the whole podcast? Well, it was the, the uncertainty of the pandemic. Um, I was one of those people who was like, you know, I think I had a trip planned for March. I was going to go to this big trade show, not cigar related and learn some stuff. And, uh, you know, and I was thinking like, oh, there's this event, there's this event coming up. And then all that stuff got canceled. And then we were, we were in that weird period of time where it was like, what's, you know, how long is this going to last? Is it going to be a month thing? Is it going to be a couple of weeks? We don't know. And then it kind of it went on and on. And then things were shutting down. Things were getting canceled. Um, so it was a, very weird time. So for me, I was looking at everyone and there was like, everyone was like learning a new skill. Like it, people were baking bread. People were, you know, learning a different language and stuff like that. Um, I was kind of like, what do I do? Like, you know, so I wanted to focus on one of my weak areas, which I felt was surprisingly enough to some people I felt like was interviewing and having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Because when I'm at a trade show, I just have a quick five minute conversation. You know, it's very busy situation. You see somebody, you know, you go up them, you, you say, you know, maybe five, 10 minute conversation, then you move on and you don't have like an in-depth conversation. Um, and I was writing a lot, which I still do write, uh, obviously, but there's a lot of stuff when you're writing and you're interviewing with someone, there's stuff that you leave on a chopping room floor because it just doesn't fit. Like if you're a trade publication and it's all business, it's hard to like get some of the leisurely stuff in there that, you know kind of paints a picture of who that person is. And then on the flip side, if you're more of a leisure 
writer about, you know, just fun stuff. And it's hard to get into the serious stuff with, without people going like, what's this boring, you know? So deep cuts is like a, a bringing all that stuff together, but we have conversations about fun stuff, but it's also about business stuff. And it's just, um, you know, I just started interviewing people. It was no, there's no script. There's, I don't, you know, for an interview that I do uh, in written form, there's questions I usually put, give them. And it has to go through a legal department sometimes. And, but the podcast, it was like, look, we're just going to jump on Instagram live and I'm going to try to see how long I can keep this like volleyball conversation, you know, where you hit the ball over the net and see if you can get, <laughs> keep it going for an hour. And, you know, it was like an experiment. And then it just kept going and going. And it was like, you know, I think during the early pandemic days, it was like maybe two or three interviews a week, which was a lot because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there was like no other news that like people had the time. Um, now it's kind of gone more into like, you know, sometimes I do two episodes a week, but I, I at least try to do at least one um, for most of the year until you get to like November, December. And then I think people are getting into holiday mode. So I don't think it's a good time to to do stuff. So this is like more of my planning period for like next year. So that's kind of a long answer to to how it came about. No, I love it. And, and I love the organicness of it, right? I think so many times we think about, well, what do we do? How do we structure it? How do we make it perfect, right? That's always everybody's thing. How do we, how do, we do this? And sometimes, you know, especially in this industry, um, it's about the relationships, right? And it's about having the conversations and just engaging people, you know? Um, and, and you've had a lot of great guests on. I think we were talking, you, you've done a ton of episodes. What are some of the, the, the things that have, that have stood out to you in the conversations? What are some of the things people say that, that you're hearing are kind of like trends in the industry, if you will, or, or even... Um, a, a great cigar story maybe someone shared with you on the episode? Uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, it's like the end of the episode is usually my favorite part. Not just because it's, it's not not because it's going to be over, but because <laughs> I have like these uh, these questions that I ask all the guests now. And it kind of started midway through this year where I was like, how do I end the show? Because when you're writing a story, for me, the part I struggle with is how you end the story because you kind of said everything you need to say. And it's like, do you really need a summary? Do they, like, you yeah. know? And then like in a interview, like a live interview, it's like, too, it's like, how do you end that conversation without it just being like, thanks, like, bye, you know? So I always like to end the, the, each conversation in the same way, uh, question-wise. So I usually ask the person, what's your why? What's your motivation for doing what you do? And you get so many different answers and none of them are about money. That's that's the part I like the most, because I think everybody thinks business and those people who think that, you know, business is all about, you know, the dollar signs and making the money. It's like they have some success, but they always hit that that plateau. It's like you can only make so much money. And then what happens when you hit that part when you make the money that you want to make? What's what's next? Then what? More money. And then like, then what? You know, right. so it's just like, you know, asking people what's their why, what's their motivation? Sometimes you like most everyone has had a response. It's never been like, oh, I don't know what's my, you know, they have a, a response and it's usually very personal, which I think paints, again, a better picture of that person. They usually say it's their family, it's their, you know, their their passion. Like they don't feel like they're, you know, going to work for it. And then some people will say like, it's not about the money. Like, you know, it actually costs more to, to put on this product or to have this business um, than anything. Um, so that's one question I ask. And then the last question is, well, like if somebody comes to you, they have a business idea. What's your advice for them to get started? They have a, you know, they might not have a cigar business or a tobacco business, but they have an idea for a business. What's your advice for that person to get started? And again, 
you get a wide range of questions and you can kind of hear like the music playing in the background, you know, like the little inspirational music and they, you know, they really get digging deep to it. So um, those are the two things that uh, I like, you know, in terms of trends, you hear it's, it's all over the place, you know, it's, 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 I think everyone's trying to figure out how to get their product into the, you know, into consumers' hands. I think that's the biggest thing right now. Yeah. Everybody's, you know, they, they, everybody's on Instagram. But again, you hit that plateau. Now what? You know, it's yeah. like, how do you get that attention span? Like, you know, they send out the press releases. Press releases get, you know, you'll see it on the uh, on Facebook. Everyone goes down. They, they post the press release. Twenty four hours later, it's like that press release never came out. Then what? And then your product's not even ready to go out yet. So then you have to keep the momentum going until like, you know, months later and say, oh, now, this, you know, this product that we talked about in this press release five months ago is, is here. Buy it. You know, that's the hard part. Um, I think that a lot of people are, are trying to figure out the distribution part, even here in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's it's, you know, you have your flagship brands. Right. But I think you mentioned, too, one of the things that I've been seeing is there's a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. uh, on why people you mentioned why people are starting it and, and new brands and the variety now i think is so much more right you used to be able to probably count on your hand uh who the big boys were but i think now it, it's really expanding um and, and that being said i know you kind of mentioned you know you do a lot in the cigar industry but i'm always big on uh and, and you mentioned video games too which is also a, another passion of mine that i love but i love origin stories i love i love um you know where where things came and when they started How'd you get into cigars, right? Because it's always something, uh, you know, wh when did you start smoking? What, what made you a, a, a cigar, you know, smoker? Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what made you a cigar. You know, you want to make this your career. Yeah, like for me, it's, it's, you know, I have been in the industry a long time before I ever had my first cigar. Mm. And and it was like, I mean, probably five, uh, six, six or seven years before I had my, you know, from when I first came into the industry till then. Um, and so for me, it was more like it's it's hard to write about something without really knowing, you know, what it is. Now, that being said, there are many things that you probably as a journalist or writer that you might write about that you don't really need to sample to know. You can, you know, like, you know, addiction and certain other things. But, you know, the cigar thing was just like, you know, let me try it. You know, if I don't like it, there's nothing saying that I have to to do it. Um, right. But that being said. Even though, like, I started, you know, sampling different cigars and stuff like that, I still found I was more interested in the backstory behind the cigars because I felt like I, a lot of people aren't advanced. They aren't cigar aficionados, so they don't. So you can tell them that something has like a Matafina this or the right. wrapper binder is this and that, and they're just like, okay, and they act like they know what that, that means, but you don't, you know. And so it's like it's hard for for you to get that experience over to people in a written form um, because taste is subjective. So even like the reviews I found completely lead you in a weird direction because you're like, oh, so-and-so said that this tastes like cocoa and, yeah. and so, hence of hazelnut and stuff like that. And you smoke it and then you're like, I don't get that at all. And then they <laughs> feel, feel right. and then you feel like stupid because you're like, oh my gosh, like what's, you know, that's, this is weird. Like maybe something's wrong with me and it's not you. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's, it's a whole process. Yeah. So for me, what's the easiest way to get somebody to understand or jump into a product or a company. And then to me, it's, it's the backstory. 
And so that's where I kind of, you know, as my career has evolved and it's gone from being just a graphic designer to being a writer to now being just a content creator, I think is the best term for it. It's like, how can I get people into that experience and and introduce them to a brand without them actually being able to try that cigar or smoke it and have somebody walk them through the process, you know, firsthand or in person. I love that. And, you know, I know you've spoken to a lot of people. Is there a specific story, though, that does stand out to you of a cigar company or someone working in the industry that, you know, really stands out to you on, hey, that was a really neat story? I'm sure there's a ton of them, but is there one that really sticks to you? Yeah, you know, like like I said, there are so many, like you pick up something from every story. So I had to preface it with, with that. But, you know, I think people like Michael Herklops is like a really interesting story. Like once you really get into it. Um, and I think back to his story, because if you, and it's a long story. So if you see how he got into the industry, it wasn't, again, he got into the industry in, in a way that I don't think he even expected to. Yeah. And then, it evolved from there. You know, he started in the retail and then he kind of, you know, he evolved going through different companies. Then he landed at Nat Sherman. You know, he, he had musical aspirations. You know, he's, a, he's, he may not think he's a wine expert, but more so than other people, he's a wine expert. So he has a very different palate than most people. So that, you know, he applies that to when he creates a cigar. So for me, it's, it's Michael Herklotz. And he's also a good writer. Like, I don't know if many people know that about him. Like he's, a really good writer. So when I was working on a, a story on him a couple of years ago, during the pandemic, actually, it's like one of the first kind of like, we're trying to figure out how do we get, you know, how do we do a story in the middle of the pandemic? And uh, he was somebody that I was, I was writing a story on, like he really helped me as a writer figure out, you know, like how to structure the story. Like, you know, when you, like when you're writing a story, you know, don't just describe, you know, if you can have a direct quote, somebody saying something is more powerful than just sitting there like re kind of transcribing it and regurgitating it so um his story is also is 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 one that's really stood out to me and then on the flip side it would be matt booth because when i was doing a story on Matt booth you know we spent like a couple hours on the phone so i have like you know i transcribe everything that when i interview somebody live and so that transcription at the end came out to be, and I'm not joking when I say this, like 33 pages. Wow. And so it was so much stuff. And then you it had to take 33 pages. I don't know how many words that transcribes, that turns into, but translates into. But taking all that and then making a, a 3,000 word story. So there's obviously stuff in there that, you know, never made it to print and stuff like that. That's just like sitting around. So maybe one day I'll find I'll find a way to to use, you know, use that material. But those two are the stories that like so far have really kind of resonated and stuck with me. I love that. You know, and and to you mentioned Michael, and you mentioned a lot of people that have come up in the industry as um, and Michael also a very snazzy dresser. Let's not let's not leave that out. Every time I see him, he's always dressed on point. Um, and, and this is an industry where there's a lot of formalities, right? Like I think there's there are the formalities, but there's also the casualness of it. What advice would you give to someone, though? Because one of the things that I was amazed at is PCA, and, and I came in as an outsider, right? Because for me, this is all a little bit new to me. Um, I kind of had some some fanboy moments, if you will, very excited to meet you know some of the different cigar makers and, and influences in the industry. As people look at this from the outside, right? Because there's there's the thought of your hobby becoming your, or your passion becoming your job, right? And you mentioned kind of the money thing. 
What advice would you give to people though that are saying like, hey, maybe I want to get into the cigar industry from all the stories you've heard, or maybe I want to start my own cigar line. What advice would you give to somebody that wanted to get involved in the industry from that angle? Uh, so there's a book. And I don't know if I have another big thing you'll get from my Instagram is like all these books that I read. So I, I'm reading a book now and listening to the audio as well uh, called Content Inc. And okay. it's all about finding your tilt. So the tilt is that you have to find like your angle or your your way of getting into it. Like if you want to make a cigar, for example, there's thousands, you know, over thousands. It could be like millions of different cigars and variations when you consider all the different sizes and blends on the market. How do you make yours stand out? How do you make your company stand out? You have to figure out the tilt, what makes it a little bit different from everybody else. And I think that goes for any area of the industry that you get into. Like if you want to be a, you know, blogger, I don't, there's some people who still want to blog. So how do you, like, how can you put a tilt on your articles to make them stand out from everybody else? Like if you want to do a podcast, there's thousands of podcasts. Like, what tilt can you make to make it, you know, pop and stand out? Um, so I think it's just really finding your angle, finding what will, will make you unique. Um and trying things differently, like you should, you should be aware of what everyone is doing. And then there's some things that, yeah, there are standards or procedures that they're in place for a reason. But then also you have to figure out how can you go off the rails a little bit, and you know, and still keep the train <laughs> upright and do something completely different. Um, like I said, just be different and do stuff differently than than other people. So find out, find that thing that makes you different, your tilt, and like embrace it and like have the patience to like explore it for and let it play out for longer than just a week or a post or a cigar or two have it play out for a couple of years if you can. And really, I think you'll find, like I said, you'll find what makes you unique and hopefully other people will also recognize what makes you or your product or your service unique and they'll want to buy into it as well. I love that. You know, with that being said, too, then from the social angle of it, right? Because I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of people in the industry, how how do you feel the cigar community is communicating best on social media or the communities? Because there's a lot of restrictions, it's a little bit different. You know, what are some of the things you've seen, you know, and, and I think some of the points you just hit on are probably relevant to that. What What's the best way you think you see companies communicating on social media to connect with the smokers nowadays? I think they, the savvy ones are letting as many people as possible help tell their story. And I think that's a really key thing. Like there are some companies that really want to control it and they're the only ones who tell their story, but they feel so closed in that it's hard for you as a consumer to, to you know, relate to that product. Like you're like, yeah, I know that brand, but I'd rather go over here to this person that I've, I've seen on like five different podcasts this year or whatever. Um, I think the good example of that is Matt Booth. You know, he, he's, he's someone who's open to interviews and he's open to like, you know, being himself on these interviews and you get a, a different take, whoever he's, he's speaking to, like he, he'll speak to Michael Herklotz. He, he did, you know, right after uh, the room one-on-one acquisition thing happened, you know, he was on a live with, with Michael Herklotz and then he did a whole kind of media tour, you know, for the next couple months speaking to different media outlets and, and letting them help him tell that story. So I think letting other people, in enough and trusting them enough to tell your story is probably um i think what they're doing because it's a completely different industry and situation than it was a decade ago like a decade ago all you needed to do was run an ad and scarf to be honest 
and you had thousands of cigar people who noticed and it was, you know, it was sell. And then, you know, you would pray that your cigar made it onto the top 25 of their, their list. And then it was just, it, it led to more sales. And, and now I think it's completely different. Now I think it's, it's like, like I said, there's so many different ways to tell your story. So I think you have to tell your story through print. You used to have to tell your story through audio, through video, <laughs> through social media. And I don't think anyone is really equipped right now to do all of that stuff like on their own. So you need to rely on others to help you do that. So the smartest brands to me are the ones who are letting others, they're highlighting those people once those stories do come out um, to just expand their story throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and and that's obviously right across industry story, story always wins. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like you said, I think social media has the ability to level the player field and even seeing how active a lot of people are, I think has been really, really interesting. You know, that being said, you mentioned a decade ago, how much things have changed. Where do you think we're going, though? What do you think is things are going to look like? Maybe, you know, I won't, I won't go 10 years from now, but let's say five years from now. How is the industry going to look different um, as far as as a whole? What do you, you know, because I know there's a lot of things changing going on. What do you think things are going to look like in the next five years in the industry? Uh, I think you'll see more consolidation, to be honest with you. I think you'll see and maybe it'll be called something different and maybe not be called like an acquisition per se, but it'll be called a strategic partnership or something like that, where you'll see you know, brands that are kind of on their own right now, falling under the umbrella of a, a, a bigger company or or something like that, just because it's really hard, like I said, to like, when you speak to people, and I've spoken to a lot of people, you know, 54 different interviews this this year, uh, just through the podcast. Um, and when you speak to those people, it's like, like, what makes a good cigar? And most of them tell you it's access to tobacco, like the, the better access you have, you know, the, the better the cigar and the more combinations you can come up with. And I'll, I think the only way to get that sometimes is to work with these bigger factories. And these bigger factories, of course, are owned by bigger companies. So I think you're going to see a lot more, you know, news come out that this brand now falls under this bigger company, but they're independent still. They're, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's just, you know, consumer-wise, you might not see a difference, but money-wise, you know, instead of it being fully owned by, a certain person it might be owned like i said partly by uh, a bigger brand um just so that they can compete in different areas too so i uh, you know i see the boutique as we call it uh category continuing to grow and become more appealing just because you know again lots of these boutique brands are run by personalities um and people that you can really identify and some of the bigger you know i will say iconic brands are you know are iconic brands they're not owned by, it's not a person that you can point to and say, that's so-and-so. And I think those are two completely different like marketing or sales things. It's like one's a push and one's a pull because yeah. you kind of appeal like, you know, I can think of several different well-known brands that, you know, had a origin stories in Cuba and stuff like that. And you just say, you know, it's going to be a good cigar. I yeah. mean, you know it. <laughs> but sometimes you want just a completely different, experience and you want something boutique and you want something different and i think that's where you're going to see the boutique category i don't know what boutique is anymore like definition wise <laughs> yeah right that's, i think that, that you know that smaller i would say like those brands that are kind of more independent that are you know smaller quantities are coming out maybe more limited edition stuff i think you're going to see more of those kind of companies kind of like rise 
and become more appealing to some of the bigger companies that want to get into these other markets, but they can't because of the FDA regulations, you know, can't really launch new stuff, yeah. but hey, you can obviously get a brand that has been around for, you know, past that grandfather date and, you know, suddenly you're, you're in that market. So like I said, a lot more consolidation, just a different makeup of, of who owns what. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that, um, you know, you, you hit on a, on a good point, the idea of the boutique brands having that opportunity. And once again, it goes back to what you said earlier story, right? So it's always going to tie back to that. The older brands are going to have the great story. They're going to stand true. And those boutique brands are going to have the new ones. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask just because I feel like uh, this is a good thing we have in common. As I look over your shoulder, your your uh, room there looks very much like mine. You got a PlayStation uh, 5, it looks like. <laughs> You got an yes, that, that really gets that really gets played. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know how this. I have it. My kids are always take advantage of mine. I have it in my office on the other side here. You can't see. It. I can around. This is like kind of like 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 business in the. It's a reverse mall. It's business in the back. I got the party in the front. I got an NBA jams uh, video game console there from Arcade One. I've got the NES Mini, the SNES Mini. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask, like, tell me about your video games. Like, what what's the favorite ones you're playing right now? And what you know, and then which one brings back the best memories for you? Well, I've been playing in the last couple of weeks. I've been playing Mario Rabbits, uh, the new one. I yeah. forget the full title of it, but uh, Sparks of Hope. So I've been playing that. Uh, I haven't had a lot, a lot of time to play lately because this has been like nonstop. And I'm always I try to treat the video games as like a reward. Like once yeah. I get my reading done for the day, but then once I get my reading done, I'm ready to go to bed. So I'm like a, yeah. a old person. <laughs> so Mario Rabbits though is is something I played. Uh, you know, I, I know at the, I can see in my screen like the corner of a box, like that's Bayonetta. Okay. So at some point I'll be I'll be playing that. Uh, you know, and I have my little switch light. I have a switch light when I travel, so I don't have to take the the you know the the white one that you can kind of see in the corner over here. <laughs> um, so I have that charging up, and I have like a whole bunch of stuff that I I bought. Like I think Cult of Lambs is one that I really wanted to play. Uh, it's a really different, obviously one. Um, my mom wasn't a fan of the, the name of that one, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, it's not that. Bad. I was like, it's really like Animal Crossing with you know, like like a sinister. She's like, yes, yeah. But it was a whole conversation. But yeah, so stuff like that. Like I'm all about you know Zelda and and yes and and Mario. Like I like Hyrule Warriors. It's one that, but I always get frustrated because I always get to this point where I I. I, I just can't get past it or something like that. And I let it go for a couple months and I come back to it and all of a sudden it's easy. So, um, you know, on a, on a PS5, I've been playing Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima, but that's another one where I'm like, it's so open world that I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're just like wandering around. I'm like, what, what's the, what's the goal here? Like, what am I, you know, it's almost like too open. Like I'm just, yeah. I have no idea what I'm I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't think I'm prepared for certain parts of the um, the map because I've gotten at some places and i'm just like i have no idea then i run into a gang of of bad guys that kill me and and then i get frustrated and i'm like that's okay i'm not gonna play anymore so, yeah yeah so no, that, those are all those are all good i miss the old days with just you know like you said mario and zelda it was very easy right like you knew where mm-hmm. you're going left to right like <laughs> it yeah. wasn't confusing have you done anything with vr though anything on that angle or no no i haven't i can't say that i have i've been reading about it but I feel like for me, it'll be like usually with Apple, if Apple ever gets into it and I know they have a VR set that they're working on, I usually say, oh, I'm not going to get I don't care about that Apple product. And then I get it and then I'm 
completely into it. So I'm yeah. sure when Apple dabbles in it, then that will be my gateway into that whole world and I'll be more inclined to um, try it, but not yet. I love it. Well, I, I know from watching your uh, your videos, you're not an indoor smoker. Um, but is there ever a good cigar video game pairing that goes together well for you? Or oh, you know, this this is funny <laughs> because this is like a a PCA conversation I was having with uh, I won't say his name, but it was someone <laughs> in the industry that was like, "Wow, like you are really brave because you post a lot about video games, and you know." I play video games too, but I would never post that that I do. And I was like, that's nothing bad. I was just like, for me, it's like a stress reliever. It was, again, it was like a pandemic thing. I got the switch right before the pandemic. And I was glad I did because I spent hours on the, the Animal Crossing. So I don't know if I have a, a pairing. I would just say, you know, like when you pair different cigars, you, you, you pair it with whatever, you know, like if the drink is strong, then you want a strong cigar. If the drink is sweet, then you want a sweet cigar. <laughs> So yeah. I think it's, it's like that. So like if you're playing Animal Crossing, you probably want like a mild a, a mild cigar that's going to be easy going. If you're playing Bayonetta, you may want, you know, a stronger cigar. So you may want something from LFD. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great episode to do, right? The uh, video games and cigar pairings. I think that would oh, no, be, that'd be like, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking about, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm already thinking about 2023 because for people who don't know, like podcasting for me is like, just a fun outside of, you know, get away from just staring at a computer when you're writing and stuff and just get in there and, and have a conversation. You don't know where it's going to go. So I've been thinking about like, what are some like little mini series I can do within the podcast? So that might be like the, you know, the, the, the mini series is, I think it'll be fun to find different, to out certain people in the industry who play video games and, and have them on and, and have discussions like that. Um, yeah. Where we're just talking about, Cause I know a, a few people like, like we're, we're friends on the switch and, and, you know, um, and stuff. We haven't played anything together, but to have that conversation, just cause I think it's fun. I think that's the thing about, you know, content creation is like, you always want to find a new angle. And like you said, there's so many people who do play video games and I know people who have children and that's how they got into it. Like it's a way for them to, you know, relate to the, the you know, the kids and, and, have and then while they're playing they can have the conversations that they don't normally have you know outside of video games so i do think that there's like an audience for that it's just like you said kind of giving them having them not feel self-conscious about talking about what they're playing but i know like early on in pandemic everybody was like yeah i'm I'm playing animal crossing too like yeah (laughs) you paid off your house yet and it was like no not yet no But I keep spending all this, these in app, yeah. Then you got in app purchases. I'm like, I remember when a video game you pay $25 and that was it, you were done. You mm-hmm. know? But, now you got the DLC, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it never ends, but that's cool. Yeah, they're they're fun. That's why I built my office in my garage so I could I could smoke and play video games at the same time. But well, that's cool, man. That, that's neat to hear. Yeah, we got to connect then. Uh, we got to uh, exchange screen names too so we can play yeah. some games together. So that'd be fun. Well, Antoine, this has been great, man. I really appreciate you being on. I do have two questions, too. I like to ask at the end of the episode here just to, to give some advice, right? Because there's some people listening to this uh, that may stumble across this, and, and they've never smoked a cigar before, right? And one of my favorite things to do is uh, go with a first-time cigar smoker. We're walking to that humidor, and they always ask me, what do you think? Uh, so I'm going to ask you, for a first-time cigar smoker, what's a great first cigar to have for somebody who's never had one before? Uh, you know, for some reason, when I was ha- on my morning walk this morning, I felt like you might ask that question. 
like I don't like I think it's hard to to come up with like an exact cigar that somebody might want to try just because people are at different levels. So yeah. I would say if you're a first time cigar smoker, though, you want something that's, you know, mild or some people call it mellow. You don't want something that's really strong. So I think, you know, if you're if you're lucky enough to have a tobacconist that lives in that's, you know, near you, I would really honestly go into their store and just admit to, to them, like, look, I've never smoked a cigar before. I need something that's not going to knock me, you know, off my feet. Yeah, <laughs> um, It might impress me. But it, it needs to be not be a strong cigar. What do you recommend? Because I think that the tobacconists are probably usually very well equipped to, to take you through what's available. Um, so um, I think there's so many brands out there too. Like I don't want to, you know, discount anyone and say like yeah. this brand over this brand. Uh, I would just say have an open mind. You know, maybe try two or three. Like if you can go into a tobacconist and say do you have two or three and you can spend that money on two or three, try two or three, because you're going to find that those two or three cigars are going to be completely different from one another. And I think the whole goal should be to expand your palate and challenge your palate. So the more, the different cigars that you smoke, take notes on it. If you did not like it, then you need to note that. And I will go a step further and then do some research afterwards and find out like what the different cigar tobaccos that were in that. Cause it might be that, after a while, you can find a pattern and you might say, I'm definitely not a fan of broadleaf or I don't like cigars that are Lanceros. They're too much for me. I like the shorter, robust Robusto. So um, definitely ask your local tobacconist. And if you don't have a local tobacconist and you're buying online, I think the most online stores at least will tell you the strength. So again, look at that strength. And I would not, if you're new to it, don't start off super strong just yet like yeah. give it some time and then go strong um that would be my tip all right and then on the boutique brand thing so you can see where i'm going with the second question um <laughs> what is something that maybe if you're an avid cigar smoker like myself what's something out there that maybe i haven't tried yet or that may be a little bit different that that, that maybe i should give a shot oh like let me see like uh peter james just released a, a cigar I, so i would say that's boutique because they are a lifestyle brand that if you need a cigar case they make cigar cases but they also make cigars now um so that's a, that's one uh dissident they're a really cool um boutique brand female owned uh you know husband and wife team but sin uh coburn is the kind of like at the head of it so i would definitely uh give them a try um crown heads you know, oh, yeah. 101, um, um, Oz, Oz, how do you pronounce it? Ozinger. Uh, they just came back on the, the scene. Uh, I think they are distributed. They have a partnership with Crown Heads. Um, so um, it's like I said, there's so many different boutique brands. Barry Otago is, is, is yes, one. Very I, would say one. That, yep. I would say that. Um, HVC is one that usually gets overlooked a lot. So Rainer, that's a really good brand. Nova, so Leo from Leo uh, cigars she, are makes, yeah. she makes one. And there's like I said, there's just so many. Like we can go on and on. And then I would just, like I said, really get on Instagram and and see what other people are smoking because you'll you'll discover a new cigar almost like every day if you really look at it. And there'll be brands that you have no idea you know, you, you've never heard of before. Um, Black Star Line, that's another good one. Carolina Blue Cigars is, is another good one. 
So there's just like so many, like I could sit here for an hour. It'll be like that scene in uh, Forrest Gump where he's. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we will be here. Like you'll see the sun go down. Yeah. And it will be like me still sit here going, oh, like, let me see. Like, Trips, you know, campies, right? like yeah, like Villiger. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, yeah. Villiger, just go, go to TCP or PCA and you can uh, <laughs> and just yeah, walk the aisles. Yeah. That's basically. Villiger, Borio. It's just so many. So. I would just like I said, I just tell people have an open mind, really be willing to try some new stuff. Um, don't be closed off, you know. Don't I wouldn't really listen to other people because other people are gonna try to tell you what they like to smoke. You gotta figure out what you like to smoke. And you might not like to smoke anything that anybody like else likes, and that's completely okay. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, one final question. If people are listening to this episode and they want to connect with you, I definitely recommend they follow Deep Cuts Live because that is just a great uh, page to follow on Instagram, great interviews. But if they do want to find you, what's the best way for people to connect with you online? So um, so if you want to read stuff that I've written, I would go to tobaccobusiness.com. Um, that has, like I said, lots of stuff that I've written over the years. Uh, if you want to watch and listen to interviews that I've done, deepcutslive.com. Um, uh, Instagram wise, I will follow me at editor period read R E I D. That's usually I connect all my Instagram and stuff there. And then if you want to just follow deep cuts, you can go deep underscore live underscore cuts because somebody had taken deep cuts live. <laughs> the <laughs> word. So just go there. But all that information is also, like I said, on deepcutslive.com if you want to go there. And, and also you can go to YouTube dot com slash deep cuts live and you'll see all of the videos and and stuff from the beginning from the instagram live days all the way to now so you have like 115 hours worth of my face um and other people's faces uh interviewing and talking and chatting so uh, plenty of content there for you to uh, consume love it Love it. Well, thank you so much. And we'll make sure we include all those links down below. So if you are listening to this or watching on YouTube, those links will be down below. So you can click on that. Antoine, thank you so much for being on today. I really, really appreciate it. We hope to have you on again in the future. Uh, when we get to your numbers, when we when we hit the 150s, <laughs> man, we'd, we'd love to have you back, if not sooner. Um, thank you all of you for listening today. For more great episodes like this, visit thehumidivegroup.com. For more about me, MikeShakara.com. And I will see you on the next episode.